0: Let me just open us uh, up with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, thank you for this morning. Please speak to us today. Uh, speak to us through your word. Uh, confirm things that you've been speaking to our spirit about. Help us to have understanding of what you want us to learn today and also how to apply it. Help us to have focus and um, to guard our minds and hearts against uh attacks that may come in, even while we're here, thoughts that are not from you, things to distract us, help us to be focused uh, and present here right now as we study your word and just try to learn more about you. And please speak to us today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, today's 1 Corinthians 16, which is the last book in, uh, last chapter in 1 Corinthians. We started 1 Corinthians a while back, and uh, now this is going to be the, the last chapter, so that's pretty cool to actually be able to finish the entire book. Um, a few uh, reviews, right? Uh, Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth, and this was a corrective book because the church at Corinth was like a real mess. All right, There was um, stepsons trying to marry their step-moms, uh, and Paul's like this stuff doesn't even go on outside the church like what's going on in here people were abusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, there were divisions in the church so one person's like you know I'm from Paul I'm from Apollos and um, you know so Paul is trying to bring unity to the church something that we you know we should be on guard because we as we grow people come from different types of churches, different upbringings, people do things differently, maybe at different churches, and um, there could be divisions that spring up within a church, so it's just something to be on guard even today. Uh, last time, last week, we went over the importance of the resurrection, um, this was a few weeks back. Uh, but we just celebrated Resurrection Day, so the, these things should be fresh, okay? So that was just what Paul was talking to the church about in 1 Corinthians 15, was about the importance of the resurrection, like how when Jesus resurrected, how he defeated death. Now, death is no more, right? How awesome is that? So today, he's going to finish up his letter. He, When Paul finishes his letters, you'll notice he gives like some quick like, just uh, directions and encouragement, so things just just like, he'll be here, and then he'll be here, and it's just like, just quick reminders, um, and that's what we're going to see today. Um, when we see this world as temporary, right, and this is something that Paul is constantly trying to get us to, also the other writers of the Bible, the entire Bible, right, it's when we see this world as temporary, everything changes, right, everything changes, because we could get so caught up in this world that it dictates all our decisions, all everything we do, but when we see that this world is just temporary, that changes some of our decisions, that starts changing some of our actions, and then now we could finally start being used uh, by God instead of just kind of just wasting time, in a sense, right? So let's get into it, 1 Corinthians 16, 1-2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Okay? Now, for people that have gone to this church for a while, you know that there's no collections. We have a box in the back. There's a now we have the digital ability to give, Um, but we don't we don't pass around the plate. I I hope no one's ever felt coerced in any way to give, right? Because that's not really something that's preached in the Bible. Maybe though, that's something that you've experienced in the past. All right, so some people have abused giving and turned it into like the main point right and I've heard it said you know where God guides God provides God Jesus didn't die for our money right he has enough he has everything right but the focus a lot of times is is monetary uh in some churches which is sad and it gets it gets in the way and people come to church it's like a hospital we're vulnerable and then it could get led astray with these with these things but it is talked about, like so. To say that like, money is never talked about is is also not true, right? But he's saying basically that they're going to bring up a collection. They're going to bring the money to uh, some Jewish believers in Jerusalem, and you can imagine what happens with when Jewish people, like you know, like myself, I was you know I was Jewish. I am Jewish. I just believe the Messiah. But when when you get um. When you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, you get kind of pushed aside. So you can imagine there might have been certain, uh, maybe monetary issues that these people were facing in Jerusalem because now they can't have businesses the same way. Like when you are, when you're accepting Jesus, uh, there are certain sacrifices that happen. People are going to reject you. Some people are going to start to shun you. And I mean, thankfully we live in the United States where it happens but it's not as common as some other countries where like they'll kill you like we won't we're not there yet but you know we're not we're not exactly loved in in certain areas right if like if we're preaching jesus um, you know people could get very angry but like we're not getting killed yet but some people might have been struggling financially and he was saying bring up a collection also to note uh in verse 2 how that, he says, uh, storing up as he may, as he may prosper. So like, God will give us money, right? Like, he'll provide jobs for us and we'll have money. He says, we're not supposed, like, you know, there's some, some preachers that will preach, like, give everything you have and God will just con- con- continue to give you money back. Like, But many times that's just like trying to fleece the flock and trying to take advantage of people. So people are giving away all their money, and now that's not a great witness because people are watching them saying, you know, these people are getting hustled by the church. And like, you know, but he's saying, as he as he may prosper. Like, it shouldn't hurt so bad that you're like, you know, I can't believe I'm giving this last penny, but this is what the church... That's not really what God is is asking for. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says... So let each one of, one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So if you're giving and it's like hurts, like, it like hurts to like write out that check or you're like, ah, then don't do it. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be grudgingly. So never feel that it's done in a grudging manner. If God's, some people have like the gift of giving right? Um, there's no gift of taking, so watch it. Uh, I, I got that joke from Pastor True. Um But there's, there's a gift of giving, so some people may feel more inclined to give even above and beyond, right? But what God, when God does that, it's an empowering of God. Like He's, he's going to give you peace through that. So that's just kind of how to maybe decipher a little bit, like how to give. If it, if it hurts so much where first, you know, maybe check your heart and see where you're at with money. Like, you know, are you just so worried about like your, your balance and that's all that is like being successful is. Check your heart. But for the most part, like if it hurts so much, then maybe don't give, right? And then in time, maybe God will change your heart. But that's not what the church is for. Also what we can note in verse, uh, verse 2 is that they met on the first day of the week. First day of the week is Sunday. Okay? So for some people they may ask, these are, these are certain like, just, uh, church doctrines you could kind of, uh, just develop. Why do you meet on Sunday? Well, Paul said that we should esteem every day the same, right? So whether we met on Saturday nights, whether we met on Tuesdays, it's no different, okay? Now some people, they come from backgrounds where they have to you know, meet on a certain day, and if they don't, they feel like they've like let down God in some way. That's where it becomes like, you know, that, that's not what we're in now. Okay, we're in Jesus. Jesus is our rest. Jesus is the Sabbath. We don't have to meet on Saturdays. We don't have to keep the Sabbath. We don't have to do those things anymore, because Jesus fulfilled the law. We're not under the law. So, we saw, though, that Jesus resurrected on a Sunday, and the early church met on Sundays. But every day should be holy. It's not like, and I'm sure a lot of us grew up like this, where you have to act a certain way on Sunday, but then on Monday we could just do our thing. Right? Now that's what Paul is trying to be against, is like, it's not just that day. Okay? And, and we know that when we, when we're taught these things and should see the power of it, and we can be reminded of this even as, uh, as we're parents, that Some parents have instilled in their kids, go to church on holidays. Like, go to church on Easter and Christmas. So you'll see people here on Easter and Christmas because that's what has been instilled in them, right? But what if we instilled in them biblical principles? They're also gonna remember those things as well, right? So these are just principles that God has put in our word. As parents, we can lead our children. And some things have lasted generations, but every day is the Lord's Day. Every day uh, is unto the Lord. Now, if you feel some strong desire that you have to meet on Sunday, then that's cool. But just don't make everyone else feel that way as well. That's what Paul speaks about as well. But that's kind of... So we get, we get some good doctrinal things here. Uh, verse 3 to 7. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear you a, your gift to Jerusalem. Like I was saying earlier, they're going to take this gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also they will go with me. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia, and it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you, if the Lord permits. All right, so this is kind of where pass through, all right, um, he's going to Jerusalem. He has to pass. Um, so we could see Corinth is over here, right? And it's Macedonia. Maybe Macedonia is not on here. But you guys, you guys see it? Oh, upper, yeah, on the north, right? So he's gonna go up. Over there, okay. So he's just kind of giving him a, a little idea of where he's going, but we could get an idea of where he's going as well, right? With, with uh, some sweet Google images. So, <laughs> so Paul Paul is going wherever God leads him. Okay, that's where Paul's going. He he has plans, right? As we see, he has plans, but he's open to God switching up those plans. And that's the same with us, right? We don't just sit sit in a room and wait for the Lord to just lead in a way, right? It's like we are supposed to pray, but we can't have plans of our own, okay? Sometimes those are from God. Sometimes they aren't from God, right? And then as we walk, we search God throughout. Like we take a step and pray, God, were you in this? Sometimes, yes, he was in it. Sometimes he's like, no, not so. And it's not... Just like the old way of like, um, I don't know, I remember old sitcoms where there'd be a character and he's trying to figure out maybe like what what person he should date and he has a list of all the benefits of this person and a list of all benefits of this person and this one weighs out. Like it's not like, that's how we, we make our decisions sometimes. It's like, well, this job pays more, uh it's closer to my house. And uh there's really good benefits. So that must be what God's will is for me. Not necessarily, right? So it's you gotta you gotta have to balance the two. It's God has God has plans for you, we have plans, and but as God changes our hearts, his plans become our plans. And that's what Paul is doing. Paul wants to do a lot of things, but sometimes God doesn't necessarily put his stamp of approval on it. If, and I'm sure some of some of us have if you try to go away from God's will, and you know God's leading you somewhere, and you say, no, I'm just going to do my own thing, because this was my plan, you know that he has certain tactics that he uses to help us to get back on his plan, okay? Um, They're different for different people. Sometimes he'll take away his peace, and it just feels crazy chaotic, right? And it just not not things aren't just going well, but you just feel this chaos like oh, and then you try to quiet that voice, and over time, you can quiet God's voice, and God will usually allow you to make those steps because at the end of the day, we have free will, right We have free will he, we're not robots, okay so um I, I give the example with with the kids. if I told aJ to stay, to stay in, you know, in the backyard till I come back and I tie him to the tree. And then when I come back, he's still there. I'm not going to be so excited because, <laughs> Hey, good job, buddy. Listen to me. He's like, I didn't really have much of a choice, dad. I'm tied to this tree, right? <laughs> but if I said stay in this backyard and he has all his friends come over and say, Come on, let's go out and play at the park. And he says, No, I have to stay here. You know, it's different. He's showing free will that he's actually listening, right? In the same way, God will tell us things. He'll say, you know, do this. Don't do this. Stop talking to this person. Maybe spend more time here. Stop doing this. Hey, go to, go to Wednesday Bibles. Go to this, right? And we could either do it or not right and we're not condemned we don't lose salvation when we don't do the things god says but there are certain things that will happen in our lives that it's like oh man and it's just that god wants good for us right god wants he loves us like he wants good for us so it's not like he he has these evil plans for us sometimes he sees things we don't see he wants to free us from things that are keeping us back and you'd be shocked when you just take little steps in faith like, man, I can't believe I was, you know, I wasn't giving into this. Like, it's this is sweet, but sometimes it's, like, so simple that it's, like, hard. It's like, oh, there must be more. It's like, but it's so, it's just little small steps of faith. Giving away, putting little things aside, um, giving things up to him that we think is so important. And God's like, I have so much more for you. Give that up. Trust me, I have so much more for you. And there's probably certain things right now that he's telling you those are the things that he's telling you to give up. Right? And it's individual, okay? But that's how we know we're hearing from God, all right? And the Bible says his sheep know his voice, and they don't know the voice of strangers. The voice of God, though, is, is a small voice, and it's telling you, put those things aside. So, you know, don't wait. Because we could wait for, for a long time and, and go all these, like, you know, I mean, um, like, kind of metaphorical, you know, almost like Jonah, right? It's like, God wants us to go over here, but we're like, eh, we'll go over here, and then we'll do our thing, and no one will notice, but then, eventually, God wants to bring us over there, and it could give, it could take a year, it could take two years, maybe it'd take 30 years. Do it, why waste that time to know, like, if God wants you to go somewhere, just go. Don't be like Jonah, who had to, you know, in his heart, was like, I don't want to go to Nineveh, I hate those people, those people killed my people, I'm not doing it. Right, so then he goes, and he doesn't just go and stay where he's at. He was taking a, a a boat to go a whole different direction, right? And then he was gonna even die. He said he was gonna jump. He jumped off the boat and die before God. He would get into God's will, right? And then even after, it said after being in the in the belly of the, of the fish for multiple days, he prayed. He so even while in a fish, okay, he took still a few days to start praying. Like you would think, after being inside of a fish, maybe at that point and then finally he was got into God's will, right? And sometimes we could be like that, right? Um so Paul in verses eight to nine But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So Pentecost is um is no, is a, is a Jewish, it's actually a Jewish holiday. I didn't know that, um, because I wasn't like, I wasn't like super Jewish, like, I was like culturally Jewish, you know, like, go to family for Passover, say my Hanukkah prayer as fast as possible so I could get my, my presents. Um, but I remember living in a neighborhood that was Jewish. I remember that this time, um, you know, people celebrating something. So I, I always say, after I became a Christian, I became way more Jewish. So Pentecost is known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavu, uh, Shavuot, Shavuot, and it comes, it comes after Passover. All right, it's described in Levit- in Leviticus twenty-three. This year, it's in the, uh, it's in May, so it's going to be coming up, and this marks the wheat harvest. Okay, so interesting. That the holiday marks a wheat harvest, which is like new birth, right? And we know the day of Pentecost as the time that the Holy Spirit came to live inside the people, right? So it's kind of cool. It's like this new thing, just like a new harvest. God did a new thing. So again, Old Testament is types and shadows. New Testament is the revelation of those things. And there's still things to come that are, that are going to be new, but that's kind of cool. Um, also, We see in verse 9, interesting, Paul wants to stay there because of adversaries? I don't know. Most of us have not lived a Christian walk this way, where we're like, wait, there's actually things going on that are hard? That means that God must have not been in it. I'm out, I'm going somewhere else, right? But Paul sees something here, that he's angering certain maybe spiritual Things that are going against God. So maybe he's actually in the perfect place. So when we're in God's will, sometimes expect that there may be adversaries, whether it be within your own house, maybe uh, internally, okay, uh, the flesh, or, you know, it could be people there. But the devil has a third of his angels right? And they don't like when when the word gets preached. They don't like when you're walking in freedom. They don't like when you start to get used, right? And start to like wake up and now are being used by God. So in those times, you may run into certain adversaries, right? And those people are going to be, you know, saying, oh, what are you doing? Don't do that. And I, I know I try to... I praise God, I, we started a Christian club at my school, a public high school, uh, which which now meets on Tuesdays, um, and I told them, I said, straight up, guys, watch out, just so you know, you're going to be tempted with things that you've never been tempted with before, you know, and there's going to be lights on you, and there's, you know, there's going to be things that are happening, you know, not to scare them, but just to let them know that it's normal, and it's part of the Christian walk, we're going to have adversaries, we're angering the you know spiritual realm that's opposed to the things of god so when those things happen hey rejoice those are good things one of one of my students is she's she's in the corner she's not joining us for the do now now this is the first week after we met Right, she was so excited. She was praising God. She was putting up posters around the school, telling everybody, "Come to Christian Club. You have to come to Christian Club. You have to come to Christian Club." Right? This is the middle of the South Bronx. We're we're. This has been the most intense year ever. We've had like multiple shootings. Um, we've had we've had a guy who's was trying to come into school with a gun. We've had kids getting jumped and put in the IR. Like just madness. And through this all, God is is working through, trying to bring light to this to this uh, darkness right so anyway so this girl's on fire and she's not joining me for the do now she's in the corner and I sneak up on her and like almost like you know like a joke she starts exuding smoke out of like every hole in her face and I'm like are you kidding me right now she's like sorry and then she gives me her vape which and now all the kids are vaping she gives me her vape and she just gets her stuff and knows what to walk to the office. She's like, and then she was, you know, she was going through a lot saying, maybe you don't want me coming, you know, I don't want to go back to this Christian club. I'm done. And then the Lord spoke to her though, and he was like, no, like I want you there. And she, she, after coming back from two days and I was going through some stuff thinking, do I let it slide? Do I not want to bring bad attention to the Christian club? I'm like, but like no, nah, I have to hold on to integrity and, you know, and righteousness. So, I told the the assistant principal came in. She got suspended for two days. She came back and she's like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to put you in that situation. I'm really struggling with with you know this addiction to vaping, and you know I and like you know I was gonna not come back to the Christian club. But you know what? I'm coming back, and I don't care. And I'm sharing my my testimony with others, and you know and it was it was a cool thing, you know. But we're going to face temptations. I remember early on in my Christian walk you know, it was always the best parties were Saturday night, Alright. right, always, we always had the most fun, it was always getting invited to the things I wanted to go to, I always had a playoff game for baseball on a Sunday, Uh, the team needed me so much on a Sunday, all of the, you know, all the things were always on a Sunday, Um, and I had to watch out for it, right, because and guard that time, and on Wednesdays, I was always extra tired from work, like, oh, I'll go next, I'll go next week, right, um, and i needed I needed accountability thankfully you know over time, like you know having that accountability, helping to come more consistently and and being able to grow but it was it was just about to watch out for. These are not things that are foreign just to me. I'm sure everybody deals with it every day. So just to come here, it's like the hardest. It's so weird, right? It's easy. Like, you know, on days that we have games, it's like you get up and it's like, could be four in the morning. Oh, I have a game today. And then it's like, you know, 8.30, o'clock, 9.30 for church. Oh, it's so hard. But it's like such a blessing once you get here. But the battle, the battle is real. Adversaries, we have adversaries. Okay, understand? We're in a spiritual war. We gotta wake up. We're in a spiritual war. Okay, and it's and it's something that we could that could be good to just help us to know what's actually happening, right? And know that we're on the right path. And it's not just you. And it's you're in a safe place to know that we could pray for you, and that's where we get strengthened together. All right. Uh, temp- and if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear. For he does the work of the Lord as all, as I also do. Therefore let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. And I I relate a lot to Timothy. Um, there's just certain things that bring me a lot of fear. Fear in regards to the things of the Lord. Um, and I need, like, encouragement, right? So in his flesh, Timothy was not an outgoing uh, people person who wanted to go preach the gospel, okay? But we'll see in, in 2 Timothy 3.7 a little bit about him. And this is us as well. So just uh, remember this. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded as in you also. Therefore... I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, so Timothy in his flesh was fearful. Okay, myself in my flesh am fearful. Okay, you, some of you may be fearful, right? But in the spirit, in the new creation that you are, in Jesus, he will empower you to do things that you couldn't do in your own flesh, okay? Like, things like teaching in front of a group of 50 people or whatever, how many people here, alright, this is not something that um, I thought that I would be doing, okay? This is something that God is doing through the gift of the laying on the hands of the Spirit. It's the gift of the Spirit. What are your gifts? Alright, and who are you in Jesus? It's not you're not the same as you are before Jesus. Okay, so he's equipping you. Right? In his flesh, Timothy is scared. Okay? In your flesh, you may be scared. Alright? You may be timid, you may be shy, or you don't you don't like you're scared to walk out what Jesus has for you. But In in the spirit that lives inside of you, when you ask Jesus to come and dwell in your heart, he's giving you a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you walk out this walk. So when he has victory in those areas, and you're walking in this new life, you know for a fact it's not you, it's just God working through you. And we all have that same God. The same God that lived inside Timothy, the same God that lived inside Paul, lives inside of each and every one of you so walk in that power not in our power but just be submissive to what God wants to do through your life imagine what can a life be used by if you just fully gave over to it that's all God's waiting for stop running and what's cool here we see Timothy dealt with fear uh Paul and Timothy were kindred spirits they they connected in a spiritual way. They saw the same need for the Holy Spirit. They saw the same need for the word being preached. They were connected. Okay, so that's kind of cool how you see these connections that God makes within the body, that they they were close like that. Um, Timothy was younger than Paul and definitely uh was not necessarily as bold as Paul. So he was trying to tell the church: hey, be you know, be easy with him and encourage him. He needs some encouragement. Uh so. 16 verse 12, now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. (laughs) All right, hey, whenever you get a chance, Apollos, if you're not too busy, do you mind maybe blessing these people with your presence? So this also, though, shows us that we have free will when we walk with Jesus. Okay, we have choices. All right, God's not going to force us to do anything, but he can encourage us. Encourage us in other in, in certain ways, right? Um, okay, you want to do all these things. All right, maybe this might not be open to you as much, you know, as easy anymore, and that door closes. Then this door closes a little bit. Then, you know, he has his ways of getting us to uh conform, but we still have our, our own free will, okay, we talked about that a little bit uh, when we talked about Jonah uh, thirteen to fourteen watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love okay uh, a big a big theme of this letter was love, right? Do everything in love right? We don't want to be like clanging cymbals. We don't want to be a bunch of rules. It's love, right? It's love. Out of love we do these things. It's out of love that we are meeting together, out of love that we're sharing Jesus with others. It's out of love, all right? We need to be watchful, okay? He's saying, stand fast, watch. Uh, when we're with unbelievers, right? When we're outside of this safety of church, we're at our jobs, okay? We have to be watchful. We have to, when we're at home, we definitely have to be watchful. When we're with family, we have to be watchful. Okay? We, the the Christianity, our walks with Jesus, it doesn't just turn off when we take off our our fancy suits that I'm wearing today, right? I'm wearing, if I wear a sweatsuit tomorrow, am I not a Christian? Right? Like, it's we're always christians right and we have to be open to those times of ministry we have to be on guard we have to be careful who speaks into our life where we're getting led by by different voices cuz you don't know who's whispering into their head you know you don't know that it's possible that you've made you've made it clear that you're standing for Jesus so you're an adversary to the dem- the, the devil and demons right now a, f- a person who's not saved or even are, but they don't know how to discern spiritual things. Somebody can be whispered to in their ear or just the flesh itself who doesn't like seeing the light, right? Because we sometimes like darkness more than the light. That's why in, in John 3, 16, 17, 18 says some people, they don't like the light. That's why they, you know, they don't come to the light because they want to stay in their sin. When people see a change of life, Others might try to bring you down. You got to be careful and always on guard. Always on guard. Um, it's you know those those temptations that come. We want to try to drop seeds. We learn that in First Corinthians: one plants, another waters, but only God does the increase, right? So always dropping seeds, um, praying for those. We don't know when those seeds might grow. Um, the other day, we went we went out to Trader Joe's um, on Saturday, I think it was. And uh, AJ and Catherine, they like to evangelize. So AJ went up to someone, gave him a track, and this lady like just shoot him away. And it was the and it was like, how can you do that? He's he's only seven, and like he's so cute. How can you do that? She's like, yeah, get out of here, right? And then and then Catherine's like, it's okay, you know, get back in there. So she gave he gave it to this this girl, and she's like, oh hi. And then she said, no, and she shoot him away. And he was like devastated and he was just like, No, I'm not gonna do it anymore, I'm not gonna <laughs> give it anybody And um and Catherine's funny, like we stopped at a red light, she jumped out of the car and gave a uh, track to some some guy we went to high school with, uh who, who like works near our house, just to like encourage him to say like, Hey you gotta keep you know, you keep trying. But just to know that like when they when they reject Right, Jesus. And this was something I was trying to convey to him. I'm like, they're not rejecting you. Okay? You went up to them. They said, oh, cute kid. You gave them Jesus. They said, no Jesus. Alright? So understand, when they reject Jesus, they're not rejecting, they're not rejecting us. Okay? And, and the, the Bible says, talks about how they hated, you know, they hated me. Right? Jesus, they hated Jesus. They hated him so much for healing people, feeding people, preaching the word and just being righteous that they put him on a cross and let let a let a thief and a murderer go but they don't want that right so when you give them Jesus and people are rejecting they're not rejecting you they're rejecting Jesus no thanks i don't want Jesus but that takes some time too especially if you're like a people pleaser you want people to like you sometimes we might quiet that voice because we're like well i don't want people not to like me like but, when you do it in love, and people see it, you know, God will attract those right people to The people that he wants to, to minister to, he's going to show you. And it might not be at that moment, right? But when someone's going through something, when someone, you know, loses someone, because th- this is going to happen, there's going to be death, there's going to be sicknesses, there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of unsurety in this world, and only more so. As, you know, just like birth pains, right? We talk, we, we learn in, in the book of Matthew, like, things that are going crazy in these end times are gonna happen quicker and quicker and quicker, right? We see that, right? The world we live in is not the same world we lived in five years ago. Imagine what this is gonna be like in ten years, right? Or another five years. So, as this time goes on, people are gonna be asking questions and it's gonna be open to like, all right, remember that thing you talked to me about when my life was all good, all right, no thanks. But now I've been going through some stuff. I've lost some people. I'm dealing with this or whatever. Now they may, you know, one plants and other waters, but remember it's God that does the increase. So just keep being open, but just don't forget that even if you're not in church, the ministry doesn't stop. You're not you don't take off your Christian hat, right? Every day is unto the Lord. 15 I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that is, it is the first fruits of Achaï, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such, and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus, for what was lacking on your part they supplied, for they refreshed my spirit, Therefore, acknowledge such men, so he 's encouraging unity amongst the different brethren okay basically he 's just encouraging unity. The churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you, greet one another with a holy kiss the sal- The salutation with my own hand pause so interesting, we could see that the early church met in homes okay we don't need necessarily a church building to be um you know known as a church right the early church met in homes and then it, it wasn't till uh, i believe the following century where it was actually like meeting places devoted just to uh studying the word of god all right so there was you know the church history there's a lot of things that went on different leaders different laws that were enacted uh, how safe it was, but even today, there's churches that just meet in homes. Right, this church started in a garage and went onto a, a VFW hall, and then went from one side of a wall to another side. And you know, who knows what you know God will do with this fellowship? But it's it's a group of believers, right? A, a pastor typically is going to it's going to be the head of this flock, right? And that could be in someone's house. Um, just, you know, in in regards to a church fellowship, pray to know where God has you for your church fellowship. Because each church, in a way, is its own living organism where you're called to be hands and feet and different body part within that church body. So once you're in that church body that God's calling you to, you should eventually then, you know, start to probably serve in some area. And learn what some of your gifts are to be used in different ways because God has you in that place to be a different body part to serve, not yourself, but to minister to others, right? And what happened in this fellowship, what I've witnessed over years was when there was people like myself who didn't want to walk in my gift and didn't want to fully serve, I wanted to like 75% give my life over to God or like maybe sometimes 50% or 25%, uh, maybe on a good week, maybe 90%, right? But like what's holding, always holding back was that people that were serving had to pick up the slack and then you see things like burnout, uh, resentment, people uh, starting to serve in areas that maybe they weren't even called to serve, but they kind of had to because there was these openings that were meant for others to step up into. Right? So this is what can happen in churches around. Then there's the opposite where you go into a church body and we've, I've talked about this. You say, hi, I'm a Christian and they say, great, you're the head of the children's ministry. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I don't, not sure exactly what I believe yet and I need some discipling, but thanks. And then you get a nice badge and now you're the head of children's ministry. And, uh, who knows if you even know how to really walk it out and maybe you're not really called to that or, or you could be a bad witness because there's certain areas in your life that God hasn't healed yet. And now you're bringing down others because now you're looked at as a leader. So there's a balance, right? So just understand, first off, God's going to have you go to a specific body, a church body where you should faithfully attend, um, and this is where God has you, right? And that also can mean that God can move you sometimes too. God can move you to another church body. That does happen sometimes. You may learn some things here that then God wants to spread to another church. But just understand, like, it's what God wants, right? Like when in Paul, with Paul, he wants to do certain things, but necessarily that might not be what God wants, so just make sure it's God that's leading because when you're doing what God's leading like that's an awesome walk and that's you know that's that's a beautiful thing and God gets the glory also so let's talk about holy kisses a little bit uh <laughs> not much it's it's mentioned a little in in the bible about a holy kiss it's culturally it's probably like a little peck on the cheek or uh maybe you know european style uh but it wasn't something passionate or freaky um I was watching a documentary about Waco tech like I, every cult it's always like somehow the person in charge becomes everybody's husband it's like so crazy but that's why we need the word of god right any with any cult like if you knew the word of god it's, you can't get manipulated but like people that kind of have an idea about the word of god it's like wait I think I've read that in the bible once this guy must be from so just be on guard because there's going to be false teachers there's going to be false Jesus and we need to know that and we know that from the word of god all right um so culturally they kiss each other hey how you doing in a in a pure way uh paul also wrote this with his own hand because there were actually people going around writing letters saying that they were paul okay so watch out for false uh false gospels um you know you, you might get things out there things like uh, book of enoch uh you know apocryphal books uh, you go on the History Channel, and, um, you know, they'll get ominous music and the hidden books of the Bible that they did not want you to see, that are hidden deep below the Vatican. And it's like, you know, we're going to have, we're going to go search for the, and it's like, wait a second, I thought I had the Bible. You have the Bible. We have the Bible, okay? There, it's been, it's been tested, um, of, of, you know, it's, it's the Holy, this is the Holy Bible, but... Other things may come up, right? And this happened even back then in in the times of Paul. You can imagine even more so. So people were writing fake letters and saying, Hey, I'm Paul. Uh, Here's my letter. So what he would do is that he would write it with his own handwriting. Okay, So I guess it was like his certain way of letting them know. Of 22 to 24, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. Amen to that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if anyone does not love Jesus, they are accursed. What does it mean to be accursed? Separated from God. And that's basically our way to get to God is through Jesus. If we're not believing in Jesus, then we have no payment for sins. We're still in our sins and we're accursed. And we're going to have to pay for our sins in hell. So the question is: Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Okay. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and that He's Lord of your life, when you die, you go to heaven. Okay. If if anyone doesn't believe that, um, or would like to make a recommitment, I wanted to give people a chance to do that today. So, if anyone would like to believe that Jesus died for their sins, and becomes Lord of their life. I don't know where everybody stands with Jesus. Or maybe you've had a time where you've kind of walked away from God and you've been just trying to find in different places like that peace that only God gives, but God keeps telling you in your spirit, because you are born again, but God keeps t- so you can hear from God, and God's speaking to you, please come back to me, give your life to me, give all, don't just hold back, whatever that sin is, you know, he's trying to give it up, if he's speaking to you, and you like to make a recommitment, you can also come up, and we could pray for you, so I want to just give anyone a chance who wanted to do that, and I remember when I accepted Jesus, um, uh, back in 2006 now, uh, something about doing it publicly was something that was special and I remember crying like a baby and I was like like that that cry that you would get when you were like little kid and like you couldn't breathe and you're trying to talk through it (laughs) right like that type of cry i remember like accepting jesus and talking and just like just because it was an overwhelming feeling to feel the love of jesus right now we can't always rely on those feelings but those things are great for like just those times when we wonder like is this real you know do we do we really believe that but no that was real like when you feel the love of god and and you felt his presence like it 's real, right, and God loves you, and He wants good things for you. He wants you to be to be uh, feel you know those have the joy right have have the love that you don 't have uh, going through the struggles and all those things so you know if anyone would like to make a public recommitment, I just encourage you to stand up, come up here, and we could pray for you as a church body i don 't want to um, sell anybody on like Kyle said I look like a salesman a few weeks ago I don't know if I'm trying to sell anybody but if God's been speaking to you I just want to give you a chance to do that so if anyone would like to please feel free to come on up right now and we could pray for you and there may be a few people and sometimes it takes that first person to come so everybody else feels comfortable so if anyone would like to just stand up come on up and pray for a recommitment Alright. Anybody else? Just want to give you a chance. God loves you. He knows, He knows your heart. He wants good things for you. Alright. So, I'm just going to, uh, go into pray. And if anyone else feels led to pray, please feel free. Uh, and even, even now pray in your hearts for these people, uh, as we lift them up to you. Lord, uh, I thank you, God. I thank you for my, my brothers and sisters here. Lord, that, that want to publicly recommit their lives to you, God. We know that it's a struggle to, to walk out this walk sometimes and, uh, it's going to be until we're with you in heaven, God. So I thank you, God. I thank you for their humility. I want to lift up Anthony to you, God, that he would put aside those things that are, are, are just trapping him, God, and they constantly just want to trap him. Whatever those things are, God, I pray that you would just take those things away and, and just Use him, God. Use him for your glory. I pray for Hector, God. I pray that you would use his life in mighty ways, Lord. I thank you, God, for his life. Please help him, God. Raise up other people around him to to hold up his arms as he's involved in different ministries, God, and and getting pulled in different areas, God. I pray that you would use his life in mighty ways for your glory. I pray for Naomi, Lord, that you would help her, God. Help her to, to put aside those things that are keeping her back from you, Lord. She wants to recommit herself to you. My brothers and sisters here want to recommit themselves to you, God. And I pray that you would help them, Lord. Help them to do that, God. Just gonna close this, God. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for today. And thank you for my brothers and sisters here, God. And anyone else that didn't stand up, that know that, you know, you've been speaking to them as well. I pray that you would encourage us all. Help us, God. Help us to walk out this walk. Encourage us, uh, empower us, God, with your Holy Spirit. Help us to explore what gifts you've given us and, and how to use them for your glory, God. We give you all the praise, all the glory, God. I want to lift up my brothers and sisters that stood up here today. Please, God, help us. Help us to support them in any way we can and help them to, to continue to be a blessing like they have been to the rest of the people here. And help us, God, grow us together as a, as a church family that we can support one another and encourage one another, God. Help us to be your hands and feet. We thank you, God. We thank you for today, Lord. And we give you all the praise, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.